Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode. Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. I'm so happy that you're here as always. So before we start the episode, I want to tell you about a resource that I've created that you may find interesting. I've created a go-to-market strategy checklist. So if you're a savvy founder, I know you've been working hard in your business and that you've been taking the time to learn about marketing, which is why you are listening to this podcast. I'm sure that you have a go-to-market strategy, but if you've been thinking whether you've covered all of your bases, This checklist is made for you. It's totally free. You can go to Ugly Ventures. That's ugly with an I, U-G-L-I-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S.com backslash go to market, go to market, all one word. And you can grab that free resource for yourself. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So today we're going to be talking about churn rate. So I want to be um, clear. When we're talking about churn rate, I'm I'm addressing either someone that has a SaaS company, like a service, uh, a software as a service um, company, a product like that, or even someone that has a membership site um, or a subscription service, right? So if you have a physical product and you have a subscription service, this really can apply to you. Now, if you're in like straight e-commerce, there is definitely a different way of looking at churn. But I'm specifically looking at a business model where you have regular customers that are paying and receiving some product or service month to month. And this question came up because I had the pleasure of speaking with a founder one-on-one, which is my favorite thing to do, and hearing about their marketing troubles, and I was able to sort of prescribe what is going on. And and the prescription here was exactly what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to share with you the scenario. Um, This founder had a a membership site, which was delivering... um, content around the, around like therapy and, um, yeah, therapy services, family therapy services. And so, you know, he was doing really great with ads and bringing in great leads and kind of getting people into the door and people were super happy with the service, but he was dealing with a problem of high churn rate. So it got me thinking, uh, what could be the reason why these people are not sticking around, right? They would kind of churn after two or three months. And of course, the business model is set up for, you know, people to be sticking around for six plus months or up to a year, I can imagine, although he wasn't super specific in saying what what that expectation is. And that's actually a really... um, that's actually a really important thing to calculate, right? What do you expect the lifetime value of the client to be in this sort of situation? Do you feel like they're going to just have your service and be with you for 
eternity? Or are you providing something that, you know, realistically people will hang out and do it for like a year and then, you know, probably they'll move on or you have to create another product or service to service them, right? So, um, a re- and just as a sidebar, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but it made me think of all the subscription services, right, that kind of like grow with you, right? So a SaaS company, oftentimes you have different tiers, right? You create different tiers if you're looking at like, let's pick an easy one, like a CRM, like MailChimp or even like Salesforce, right? Oftentimes these products, they're designed to grow with you. And so the intention is, is that they'll have you kind of forever in the lifetime of your business. Um, But I'm thinking of a physical service uh, subscription that I have and my kids subscribe to KiwiCrate. And we've actually done it now for maybe like three years, which is actually incredible. But what the Kiwi Crate takes into account is like the age of your child. And so then as your child grows older, they're sort of tailoring the different activities. Because Kiwi Crate, if you don't know or have kids, it's like a, some kind of STEM project comes in the mail once a month, right? And so you buy it, but they take into account how old your child is at the time of purchase. And it kind of like grows with the child and they have Kiwi Crates for different ages, et cetera. So, you know, you want to, you want to, think like, does your product serve someone forever? So in the case of the founder that came to me, that's like a therapy uh, type of subscription model or membership model. You know, obviously people, you know, there's some people that stay in therapy for years and years, depending on what kind of therapy you're doing. But again, there's a lot of people sort of dip into therapy, dip in and out of it, maybe as they're going through hard seasons, right? They're trying to deal with a specific problem, right? And so you want to start with that. What is the lifetime value that you're expecting? You know, what is this retention rate that you're going after, right? And a lot of a lot of the SaaS companies that I've worked with, you know, they sort of account for like, okay, well, we're going to have some, we're going to account for someone being in this product for one year. And at the year's end, we need to sort of create, uh, you know, the next step, right? And sort of determine the sales process at, at, at that stage. But let's kind of dial back and go onto the idea of churn rate. So let's say you're, you're having a problem with people churning and it's not your product. So normally when I'm advising people about churn rate, we want to look at two parts of the client value journey. Of course, by now, if you listen to me, you know what the client value journey is. But just to remind you, it's this six step process that you intentionally design that bring potential customers from knowing who you are right at that first stage, that awareness phase, all the way through to purchasing with you and becoming raving fans and advocates for the brand. So there's six steps. And the two steps I like to look at for churn is uh, the nurture phase. So first we have aware and then we have engage. And in these two steps, we're getting in front of the audience and we're getting their email address, right? So we can sell to them and build a relationship with them right? So the engage piece is the moment you get the email address. But the piece after that is the nurture phase, right? The nurture phase is where you're warming clients up, building that like, know, and trust factor. So they're ready to buy from you. Okay. So the nurture phase is, you know, how do you show up on social media? How do you show up uh, in email marketing for your clients, right? Do you have a podcast? Is there any kind of add value content that you're creating and distributing on a weekly basis? So we're going to double click on that in a second. So that's the first stage I, I think is important to look at for churn. And then, of course, the second is the delight phase. So 
after you go through nurture phase, you go to inviting them to work with you or to purchase from you. And then delight is the actual delivery of the experience. So in the case of this founder, in the case that we're talking about right now, the experience was quite good. You know, people were quite happy with the actual service. But we're going to talk about two different strategies that you can employ to make sure that you're not just pleasing the client with the delivery of the product, like the actual service or thing is good enough, right? We're going to talk about how do we build deeper relationships with our clients, like once they've become clients, right? Or or with our customers, once they're already customers. How do we um, just strengthen the relationship and deepen it, right? Make it a little bit more authentic, more genuine. And this is such an important piece that a, a lot of people miss out in this delight phase, right? They're really preoccupied with the product or service, like doing what it says it was going to do, right? You get people the results. But at the same time, there is so much value in um, really fostering the relationship, right? Getting those customers, clients to like buy in more about you, your brand and what you do and your mission and your values and all of that stuff. So oftentimes that like nurturing when the customers are already customers is the part that people miss, right? Once you've already made the sale, because we spend so much time kind of wor- like worrying about lead gen, right? Like the client acquisition piece of it, which of course is important because if you don't do lead gen and you don't make sales, you don't have a business, right? But we often discount how much easier it is to sell to existing clients, right? Like the cost for that sale is so much cheaper and the success rate, the conversion rate is so much higher, either to sell to the same person again with something different or to get, of course, those referrals. So I I want you to really consider those parts of the client value journey just as important as getting those new customers in the door. So let's dial it back. All right, we're dealing with high churn rate. So there's a lot of reasons why that could be even if your product is really great. So obviously you're gonna deal with high churn if your product sucks or your service sucks because people just not gonna find value in what you're offering. And that is ground zero most important thing to to look at. But let's consider you have a good product or service, right? So in the nurture phase, when you're bringing people in, you're getting them ready to buy with you, right? You're warming them up and you're adding value. You're adding value, right? But in the nurture phase, we're consistently making contact with our email list. And by consistent, I'm saying at least once a week is really important for brands now. Long gone are the days where you can kind of just email someone once a month, I believe. Um, And I think it's really like get your skin in the game and email them once a week is just best practices nowadays. But you're delivering this content. Now, how intentionally are you crafting this content? Because oftentimes we're crafting the content, right, to go through those three sales stages, right? Like the the consideration phase. Um, what are those three goddamn phases? I'll think about it and I'll put it in the show notes. But you know what I'm talking about, right? We're moving people through like kind of the, the awareness of their problem and then sort of the consideration phase. And then we're sort of... Um, you know, applying urgency and all of those things. So we do that, we craft the content in such a way that brings people on that journey so they're really ready to buy, right? But in that, that's important to do, but in that, right, what other layers can you add 
that's going to make your potential customers even more aware of your mission, your values, right? All of the benefits and features, um, not just in the mind frame of selling someone, right? But also in the mindset of ref- of retaining someone. Because you understand, you could surely uh, have people taken off your nurture email lists once they become customers. You know, that's fine. Um, but I would have you consider not doing that, right? Because again, clients should always be nurtured. You can maybe opt those existing clients out of some campaigns, for example, like those sales campaigns you're running to that list, right? But the nurture activity, the add value activity should be delivered to everyone, right? Even your existing clients and customers, don't forget about them. So inside that nurture strategy, it's actually really interesting to be tailoring content that kind of speaks only to people that are already users, right? Because you are showcasing that those benefits and features to people that are not customers. So making them kind of curious and maybe getting that FOMO going. And then of course, you're tailoring that client just for existing customers. That's going to make your existing customers feel special, feel heard, feel serviced, right? And that's um, all involved in the nurture stage, right? That's all sort of on that front end. So there's a lot of benefits to it. Like, so for example, this is like a, maybe a dumb example, but uh, it's the one that came to mind first. So say you're like an e-com brand, you're, you're a clothing brand, right? A way that you can employ this, because uh, I've been getting emails from this bathing suit brand that I I love. I'm, I bought a bathing suit for them. They're fabulous. I they sucked me in in an Instagram ad. It's called Somersault. It's like a female founder founded brand. Does they do a great job? And of course, I've been getting their emails every other day, text messages. You know, almost every other day. But I'm I'm pleased. I I like the I like the brand, right? And so obviously, a lot of the communication is promotional. They just want me to buy again, right? But as an as a current customer, there's so many ways that this brand could be adding value to me, sending me specific, uh, either as part of these nurture emails they're sending, could send something like, you know, care instructions for the bathing suits. Like how, how helpful would that be? Everyone sort of is always, you know, you're not supposed to put in the washing machine. Is there any like best practices for how to like, you know, hand wash and blah, blah, blah. You want them to retain the shape and not lose the stretch and all that stuff. That is an example of added value content that you could put on the front end in like a, in like a nurture campaign that's going to service your existing customers. Also add value, you know, in general, right? Because maybe it'll apply to any old bathing suit, but you can create content specifically for your brand's bathing suit right? And that's a way of saying like, hey, I see you, I hear you. There's people on this list that actually are already are buyers and we're going to give you a piece of content just for you. So that can translate into many different things, right? Either if it's like with SaaS, it's sort of pointing out specific uh, benefits and features of like uh, the product and, and giving a tutorial. So Maybe it wouldn't do anything for the people that are not actually customers yet, but again, you're servicing people on that front end. And again, this is for people if you're not taking people off that nurture, 
right, email list once they've become customers. But you can apply the same logic to social media, right? Your your current customers and your potential customers are mixing all in the same place on social. So you definitely want to be creating content that services both sides, people that have already crossed over to be your client and people that are not. And again, so many brands miss this. They're just 100% focused on reeling them in, reeling them in, instead of saying like, okay, for those of you that are our paying customers, here's something special just for you. So that's on the nurture phase. So let's look at the delight because there's a lot of ways that you can continue to nurture very specifically the clients that are already, you know, interacting with you and your brand or purchasing from you, right? And this becomes all about segmenting your email list, right? Number one. So you should be applying tags and segmenting your contacts so you know who's a buyer, who's not a buyer, right? And so you can go deeper into this concept of creating added value content for your current client's customers through specific email drip campaigns that help them get the most out of the product or service, right? And a really good example of this is, um, like I think like a really blaringly good example, are these um, customer, it's not a CRM, it's... It's like a customer management system. So not quite like your email marketing software, but these things like, gosh, like if you're using like a QuickBooks or if you're using like a HoneyBook or a Dubsado or these kind of sort of platforms that help you manage your business, um, or, or how about even a project management tool like Asana or Trello? Maybe this is even better, right? There's like all of that um, education and selling that goes in on the front end, right? But these kind of companies do a really great job at nurturing their existing customers because they know that there's a lot of hurdles to go through to really get the most out of their product, right? And so you can apply that same logic with any kind of SaaS, right? Or, or any kind of membership or even products, right? It's like there's so much um, val- like more value that you could be giving to the customer by kind of letting them understand like what it is that they have, you know, the thing that you bought, here's all the things that they're capable of. We all know, especially on the software side, how much shit we bought that we're using like 10% of it. I'm looking now at my my Mac that I'm recording this on, and I'm like, damn, there's so many apps that came with this that like I've never ever touched before or even opened. Like there's so much more power in this machine than I'm actually maximizing. So that's sort of really awesome value-added content that you can offer to your existing people, right? Now, at the same time, in the delight phase, I want to be asking, you know, how are you building community, right? And then how are you building trust? How are you showing your customers that you really care about them, right? So that goes into this sort of CS side of marketing where we're looking at CS. Usually we look at a customer service, right? Or CS as more of a reactionary uh, discipline. Someone needs help with something, right? They, they have a problem. They've got like a, you know, a roadblock and the CS is going to help them actually work through that. But I see some brands that outwardly sort of reach, they, they sort of reach out, they make the first move, right? To make sure that clients are engaged and happy and 
seen and heard, right? Are your clients feeling seen and heard by your brand? And I think that there's a, so much opportunity and so many creative ways in which you could you could bring that to life. And so in this case study we're talking about now, right, a, uh, a membership site for therapy, right, and this was specific to families, um, people were churning. So my, my deeper questions would be, you know, are they churning because they feel like they got the results that you were promising? You know, if so, that's great, right? And how can we kind of maximize that? How can we maximize, uh, how can we use that, right, to sort of close that flywheel and bring more people in, right? But are they, are they churning because maybe, you know, they're really pleased during the actual session, the, the time that you're together, but then any other time that's in a time that they're physically being serviced by the by your service providers, right? And inside the therapy is that connection kind of lost. And so you kind of lose the steam for that reoccurring charge. So I'll just share this like this personal story because I think it's actually kind of interesting. Um, so I've tried like these online coaching platforms, um, mostly as <laughs> mostly as recon for other clients that I'm servicing. But there's a um, there's several services and some of them are really inexpensive, like 40 bucks a month. That's pretty like easy to justify. But if you're going to do therapy therapy, sometimes this could be like upwards of $300 a month, right? So if you're asking clients to, to fork over that kind of money per month on something that maybe they get like a session a week or even like a session a month, my question to you is that like, how do you keep them engaged and excited like during the off time, during the time that they're not actually in on a session, you know, how are you being building community? How are you making them feel seen and heard and taken care of outside that hour that they have being serviced, right? So that, that was the question that I would pose and the, and the work I say that needs to be done in the brand to make sure that you're facilitating, you know, that those deep customer connections, because the deep customer connections are just going to, you know, help you get those referrals and close that flywheel um, in the future. So it is really worth investing in. Anyway, so that's it for today. I love giving these prescriptions out. So please, if you have a marketing problem and you feel like you're not getting the most out of your your the marketing system that you have going now, DM me on Instagram. I will reply to you. I will hear your story and I will give you a prescription of what sort of thing you should be focusing on to help you kind of close that gap. So if you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it or send it to someone who might need to hear it. Do you have any founder friends that have SaaS company or membership like this or subscription that you think could really use this advice? It would mean so much to me if you could pass it along. All right, until next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. 
I am always so appreciative to hear from you. And I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.